and eat mango-flavoured Turkish delight. Tons of it! And have his tusks covered in gold leaf every morning. When the courtier had no money left at all, the white elephant would be returned to the king, ready for his next victim. Wherever the white elephant went, his personal servant had to go too. The servant's name was Chulak, and he was the same age as Leela. In fact, they were friends. Every afternoon, Chulak would take the white elephant out for his exercise, because the elephant would go with no one else. And there was a reason for this. Chulak was the only person, besides Leela, who knew that the elephant could talk. One day, Leela went to visit Chulak and the white elephant. She arrived at the elephant house in time to hear the elephant master losing his temper. You horrible little boy! he roared. You've done it again, haven't you? Done what? said Chulak innocently. Look! said the elephant master, pointing with a quivering finger at the white elephant's snowy flanks. Written all over his side in charcoal and paint were dozens of slogans. Eat at the Golden Lantern. Bangkok Wanderers for the Cup. Star of India Tandoori House. And right at the very top of the white elephant's back, in great big letters, Chang Loves Lotus Blossom. True Kiss Kiss Kiss. Every day this elephant comes home with graffiti all over him, shouted the elephant master. Why don't you stop people doing it? I can't understand how it happens, master, said Chulak. Mind you, the traffic's awful. I've got to watch those rickshaw drivers like a hawk. I can't look out for graffiti artists as well. They just slap it up and run. But Chang loves Lotus Blossom, true, must have taken a good ten minutes on a stepladder. Yes, it's a mystery to me, Master. Shall I uh, clean it off? All of it. There's a job coming up in a day or two, and I want this animal clean. And the Elephant Master stormed off, leaving Chulak and Leela with the elephant. Hello, Hamlet, said Leela. Hello, Leela, sighed the elephant. Look what this obnoxious brat has reduced me to. A walking billboard. Stop fussing, said Chulak. Look, we've got eighteen rupees already, and ten annas from the Tandoori house. And Chang gave me a whole rupee for letting him write that on top. We're nearly there, Hamlet. The shame, said Hamlet, shaking his great head. You mean you charge people money to write on him? said Leela. Course, said Chulak. It's dead lucky to write your name on a white elephant. When we've got enough, we're going to run away. Trouble is, he's in love with a lady elephant at the zoo. You ought to see him blush when we go past, like a tongue of strawberry ice cream. She's called Frangipani, said Hamlet mournfully. But she won't even look at me. And now there's another job coming up, another poor man to bankrupt. Oh, I hate Turkish delight. I detest silk sheets, and I loathe gold leaf on my tusks. <sighs> I wish I was a normal, dull, grey elephant. No, you don't, said Chulak. We've got plans, Hamlet, remember? I'm teaching him to sing, Leela. We'll change his name to Luciano Elefante, and the world will be our oyster. But why are you looking so sad, Leela? 
said Hamlet, as Tulak began to scrub him down. My father won't tell me the final secret of firework making, said Leela. I've learned all there is to know about flyaway powder and thunder grains and scorpion oil and spark repellent and glimmer juice and souls of shadow. But there's something else I need to know, and he won't tell me. Tricky, said Tulak. Shall I ask him for you? If he won't tell me, he certainly won't tell you, said Leela. He won't know he's doing it said Tulak. You will leave it to me. So that evening, after he'd settled Hamlet down for the night, Tulak called at the firework maker's workshop. It lay down a little winding alley full of crackling smells and pungent noises between the fried prawn stall and the batik painters. He found Lalchand in the courtyard under the warm stars, mixing up some red glow paste. Hello, Tulak, said Lalchand. I hear the white elephant's going to be presented to Lord Parakeet tomorrow. How long do you think his money will last? A week, I reckon, said Tulak. Though you never know, we might run away before then. I've nearly got enough to get us to India. I thought I might take up firework making when we got there. Nice trade. Nice trade, my foot, said Lelchand. Firework making is a sacred art. You need talent and dedication, and the favor of the gods before you can become a firework maker. The only thing you're dedicated to is idleness, you scamp. How did you become a firework maker, then? I was apprenticed to my father, and then I had to be tested to see whether I had the three gifts. Oh, the three gifts, eh? said Chulak, who had no idea what the three gifts were. Probably Leela did, he thought. And did you have them? Of course I did. And that's it? Sounds easy. I bet I could pass that test. I've got a lot more than three gifts. Ha! said Lalchand. That's not all. Then came the most difficult and dangerous part of the whole apprenticeship. Every firework maker... He lowered his voice and looked around to make sure no one was listening. Every firework maker has to travel to the grotto of Ratsvani, the fire fiend, in the heart of Mount Marapi, and bring back some of the royal sulfur. That's the ingredient that makes the finest fireworks. Without that, no one can ever be a true firework maker. Ah, said Julek. Royal sulfur, Mount Marapi. Uh, that's the volcano, isn't it? Yes, you pestilential boy. And already I've told you far more than I should. This is a secret, you understand. Of course, said Julak, looking solemn. I can keep a secret. And Lalchand had the uneasy feeling that he'd been tricked, though he couldn't imagine why. Chapter Two Next morning... While Lalchan was at the paper merchant's buying some cardboard tubes, Leela went to the elephant house to see Chulak. When she heard what Lalchan had told him, she was furious. Mount Marapi! Ratsvani! The royal sulphur! And he wasn't going to tell me! Oh, I'll never forgive him! That's a bit drastic, said Chulak, who was busy making the elephant ready for his new job. He's only thinking of you. It's dangerous, after all. 
He wouldn't catch me going up there. Huh, she said. It's all right to let me make golden sneezes and java lights, I suppose, little baby things, but not to let me become a real firework maker. He wants me to stay a child forever. Well, I'm not going to Tulak. I've had enough. I'm going to Mount Merapi, and I'm going to bring back the royal sulphur, and I'll set up as a firework maker on my own and put my father out of business. You see if I don't. No, wait. You ought to talk to him. But Leela wouldn't listen. She ran straight home, packed a little food to eat, and a blanket and a few bronze coins, and left a note on the workshop bench. Dear father, I have completed my apprenticeship. Thank you for all you have taught me. I am going to seek the royal sulphur from Ratsvani, the fire fiend, and I shall probably not see you again. Your ex-daughter, Leela. Then she thought she should take something to show Ratsvani her skill, and packed a few self-igniting crackle dragons. One of the last things she'd invented was a new way of setting them off. You just had to pull a string instead of setting light to them, because the string was soaked with a solution of fire crystals. She put three of them in her bag, took one last look around the workshop, and slipped away. When Lal Chand came back and found her note, he read it with horror. Oh, Leela! Leela! You don't know what you're doing! he cried, and ran out into the alley. Have you seen Leela? he asked the fried prawn seller. She went off in that direction about half an hour ago. She had a bundle on her back, added the batik painter. Looked as if she was going on a journey. Lal Chan hurried after her at once, but he was an old man with a weak heart, and he couldn't run fast, and the streets were crowded. Rickshaw drivers jostled with bullock carts. A caravan